It's Friday, it's 8 o'clock, it's time for Pam Tastic's Comedy Clubhouse here on MutinyRadio.fm. Waiting for the throngs of people to come flooding through the doors here at 21st and Florida 2781, 21st Street. I actually have two pre-sales, which is exciting. Someone named Tom Bishop coming in. Other than that, who knows? Uh, we'll, it's a, hey, it's a lovely, a bunch of great comics on the bill tonight. Uh, we got Paul Conyers. Hey, you know where you can see him next in Sketchfest? Exciting stuff for him. His career is looking up. We have Kathy Boudreaux. Her career's been all over the place. It's been up, it's been down, it's been all around. She's going to tell you about it. You also have Hunter Stare. Stare at him, he looks like a unicorn tonight. And the rest of the people that are on the bill, not here yet. <laughs> because they're like, yeah, whatever. It's cool, that's fun. Uh, I'll let you guys listen to the dulcet tunes of Floating Goat, and we'll be right back with Pam Tassi's Comedy Clubhouse here on Mutiny Radio. Mutiny Radio has an Instagram, Instagram Mutiny Radio SF uh, stuff. I don't, I didn't, I never wanted to join Instagram. I don't, I don't like the future. I live in the past. I, I used to be man. I liked dial up the, the beautiful to speak of dulcet tones. Everyone else is too young. They're like, what does that even mean? There's, I grew up in a time where we didn't have little computers in your pocket. I feel like I feel like children. Yeah, I feel like there's computers in their pocket and they can watch TV all the time. I feel like that's why kids are entitled little douche fucks is that we're like you deserve a computer. When I was a child, my parents were like don't you can't have any liquid near the computer. The computer is special. You can't touch the computer. The computer is an adult thing that's special for special people and you have to know about it. And now we're like, "Oh, you're 7. Have a computer in your pocket." <laughs> Clearly, you know better than me. They're like teaching me how to Instagram from the mouths of babes. Uh, this, I'm wearing my cheerleading jacket from high school, um, not just because it's awesome, but because it's cold (laughs) and it's my warmest jacket. Uh, but it's true. I, I used to have a lot of, um, promise. (laughs) I think that's what they used to call it. I think they used, that's what they used to call kids. See, it says varsity cross country, varsity track, varsity cheer. And I like to wear this to remind uh, myself how much I've disappointed my parents. You know, it's like, we can quantify it. It's good, we could, we could do that. That's what I want this year for Christmas. I wanna just quantify all that disappointment and wrap it up and uh, give it to my therapist. That's what I'll do to my new therapist. Here, unwrap all the presents of sadness. She's like, you're okay, let's talk to that little girl. I'm like, no one wants to talk to that little girl. She's annoying. There's, no one told me when I was little that no one likes a know-it-all. I just thought that made you cool. Hey, you made it, yay. 
uh, I was like, it just makes me smarter than you, right? And like, the, I, I, I never saw how know it all was a slur. I'm like, I know, I know it all. <laughs> like, it's, what's the fucking problem? Like, I know the answer. It's, what's the, people don't like that. <laughs> they don't, they're not big fans of it. Uh, I did, I just got back from Arkansas and I've been, yeah. I've never uh, had such high self-esteem yeah. as coming back from the, it was weird, like looking out at the audience. I mean, it wasn't like there were that many people, but the crowd was twice as big. You know, it was less like a huge crowd. Like there's 30 of them, but they look like 60 people. It was, the funny thing was my Uber driver on the way back from the airport, he looked 55 and it turned out he was 42. Like, so he was younger than me. And I'm looking at him like he's my grandpa, old buddy friend. Like you're younger than me. It was, it was scary. You know, it made me feel so good. I was like, what is happening in Arkansas? And I realized the reason is that uh, they're taught not to drink water because it's not safe. So you drink Coors Light and Mountain Dew, which is not orange juice. That's not. Fanta, it's orange, not juice. <laughs> not anything to do with that. This is exciting, telling jokes to comics. Honey, there's... <laughs> There's two pre's, there's actually two tickets sold. It's some guy named Tom Bishop. I put it on the pad. It's very exciting. Whenever he shows up, we'll do, give him some special treatment. It'll be like when I was at the airport and they you know, had a little thing with my name that said Pam Benjamin and they put me in a limo and took me to the club. That's not true, no one came to pick me up. They, I'm lying, they forgot about me, the club forgot, it was Thanksgiving. The, the airport was closing, it was eight o'clock in Little Rock, Arkansas. The airport was closed. Even the security guards were like, we're going home. Are you gonna be, do you have people coming for, for you? You look lost, you, you're, you're not from, you're too small to be from here. Where are you from? You're a Lilliputian child. And I, this is my warmest jacket. It's the only thing I could bring because it's, my, it's the only warm jacket I had to bring. So I looked like, is my daddy's gonna pick me up, I promise. I was, I was getting scared. They ended up, they ended up coming picking me up. I, that's the only re I regret, it, was, it really was a great Thanksgiving and I had a, a great time doing club work in the Midwest. But I didn't get a Thanksgiving dinner. I didn't get any gravy or any cranberry. Um, and that's another just rich white lady entitlement thing. Like I'm like, I didn't get a, my special meal. There's people that are like, we don't have a meal. We don't get a meal. So I should feel good. I actually, I had, a, I had the most American of Thanksgiving dinner. I had, I had a BK Big Fish in the, in the Vegas airport. I had a BK Big Fish in the Vegas airport. They made the fries fresh for me, so I felt pretty good about that. I was like, ladies, you're really looking out on Thanksgiving at the Burger King. And they too, they're like, what the fuck are people doing here? When do we get out of the... Vegas was... <laughs> I just spent all day in Vegas watching... <laughs> watching Netflix. Um, is Netflix shaping everyone else's lives in here? No, not shaping. Like, it's literally shaping my life. The British baking show, I'm shaping my life like a loaf of bread. I'm baking while I watch the British baking show. So I feel like I'm doing something with my life. Uh, but I do love the British baking show. And now, I mean, Netflix shapes all our lives. There was this one, there was finally a documentary about feminism. I was like, oh my God, it's real. It's on Netflix. It's called Feminism. What were they thinking? I'm like, I know, you put this on Netflix? Nobody wants to listen to this shit. Come on, man. But now I know it's real. Uh, but I've been watching this new thing and it's Danish. It's in Danish. 
I just, I love it. It makes me, this, feel, this fills my, the pretentious void in my soul. Because I hate Joe Begley. It fills the pretentious void in my soul because I'm not just watching TV, I'm reading TV. Because it's all subtitles, right? So in order to like pay attention to the show, I can't just watch like the, the Danish softcore porn sex on their weird like, I actually have to read the show and see what's going on. So it makes me feel better about myself. I'm not just watching TV. I'm activating different parts of my brain, <laughs> making me better. Than, I would read the book. If, there was, if they made this into a book, I'd read it. Anybody else, does anybody read books? It's an unpopular thing to say. Yeah, <laughs> y'all, that's an unpopular thing to say in Arkansas. Y'all know how to read? Y'all know how to read books? Do that out here? Reading books? I love books. And I, I just don't understand. We, the, the schools don't have enough money to buy children books, but they all have tiny computers in their pockets. I'm like, I don't understand. <laughs> Why, this is the last, I'll just rant on this for two seconds and say, why do you constantly have to update everything? Like everything works just fucking fine and you have to update it. Why the updates? Why when everything works? Why when the user interface works do we have to update it constantly? I need to have a joke, like I, are we just, everyone has to be constantly updated in some way. I, I, I mean is that you just have to constantly put Botox in your face and look fresh, like refresh, refresh, refresh. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't understand why we have to update everything. It makes no sense to me. Uh, so hey, got a show tonight. We're still gonna, we're still gonna wait for our. We've got two pre-sales. I'm like, did they just give us money? Is he the guy? He's Tom Bishop. Is that it was something. Whoa! I'm sorry. Did we had to be out you on the radio? There's many people named that in the world. I'm sorry, I've scared him. I've. They're coming for you, unless they're. Unless there's like some hunter out for you. Hello, yay, everybody, we're a quorum now. This is exciting. That's good. Hey, all right, Sarah, she's on the show. Yeah, Sarah Budgen. Did I pronounce it right? All right. Yeah, I feel like it's, it's, kind of, it's, like, it's almost like, I don't know if we're doing a TED Talk or an AA meeting or like, what, how, what's happening tonight here? We're at Mutiny Radio. So I'm Sarah, we've got, a, we've got two... We've got two non-comedians in the house, which is, is a beautiful thing. We've got, we've got a non-comedian at the board. We've got um, a comedian masquerading as an audience member. We have more audience members coming in. I'm just lifting the veil for everyone on the radio so they can really feel like they're here with us. So they can just feel the, the club crackers. Are you feeling okay? Club crackers and, um, and a Sprite. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a bummer. Club, club cracker, that's like, I saw the Sprite and the Club Crackers and that's like, that's what my mom used to give me when I was uh, sick as a child and I, I always look forward to those days because it was the only time I was able to eat like crackers. We were, I, we were not, we were the opposite of white trash. My, my mom was like, you can't eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches because you're too good for that. Um, it was the same thing with like white crackers. Like I loved saltines and she'd just be like, those are, that, do you know why they call them crackers? Because they're crackers. And I'm like, no, I don't, I don't think that's it. I think there's actually something about the whip or this is about the slavery. It really doesn't have anything to do with saltines. Yeah, it's good. I also look forward, um, once a month we got to eat Burger King and it was like a big deal. Like I was the kind of kid, it's so sad. I was so, I'm wearing my wealthy jacket so I might as well just land on that for a second. Like, 
I know my parents spent so much money on this Letterman jacket. I feel like I need to get every, squeeze every, till it falls apart. Uh, but my sandwiches always had fresh lettuce on them and like real tomatoes. And I'd be like, ugh, I just want a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I just want a bologna sandwich. And she'd be like, you are not eating that white trash food. If we're gonna have bologna, you'll have mortadella. And it'll be imported from Italy. It's before the days of Whole Foods. It's a place called Avadano's. <laughs> I'm old school. I'm old school, Benny, baby. I know that. Now, now I'm now I'm poor, but that's okay. I like being poor. It, it's another thing that makes me feel better than everybody else. That's a couple things that make me feel better than everybody else. One, I've never internet dated. I feel like that's pretty special. I've never had a file, a profile of any kind like that where I'm like. Um, and I've I've never seen the movie Titanic. <laughs> Thank you. I also think that that makes me special. Um, and the last thing is I don't have a smartphone, um, and that's scary. But the best thing about that is that I'm the only person I know that didn't get that dumb text message from the president. Did everybody get that text message at 11:18 in the morning a couple weeks ago? I didn't. <laughs> I am safe from his wiles. Okay, look, the people are here. I can stop warming warming you up. Yeah, I plied. I, I feel like you guys are are warm, putty, Play-Doh. Now I'm getting gross. Now, now I'm thinking about like, okay, Play-Doh in my warm Play-Doh in my hands. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get to the the, the comedy. Uh, so I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. Thanks for being here. Yay! <laughs> Yay, it's fantastic. It's Comedy Clubhouse. Uh, there's a little song we sing, and if you know how it goes, sing along, and if you don't, you'll figure it out. <laughs> M-U-T-I-N-Y, Comedy Clubhouse, Comedy. Clubhouse. Comedy. Clubhouse. Together we will bring our jokes up high. High, high, high. <sighs> I don't cough so much now that I eat edibles, you know what I mean? M-U-T-I-N-Y, Comedy Clubhouse. You want to come inside my clubhouse? Yay! You're here! It's too late! You can't escape! Awesome. Uh, I'm really excited that you guys are here, and I'm excited for the lineup that we have tonight. Uh, your first comedian, and I didn't tell anybody what order they're in either, so it's like, ha-ha! It's gonna be fun for everybody! I was gonna start with you because you look so magical, and it's already been a magical night, and I feel like we can kick it off with your first special comedian and his amazing sparkle wonderfulness. Clap your hands together for Hunter Stare! Yay! I'm so stoned I almost clapped for myself. Um, hey Pam, is this being recorded or do I have to record myself if, if I wanna, if I wanna like be narcissistic later? Um, there we go. Uh, this is fun, right? Right? Yeah, as the Lord said unto Abraham, I believe, we are killing it tonight, right? That's how it's going to be, like, just right out the door. So, first of all, I'm just going to address a couple things. First, one thing, I know I'm too conventionally good-looking to be funny, but we're going to break through that glass ceiling. Two, I'll just address the unicorn costume so it doesn't distract everybody who can see this with their eyes. People are like, why do you wear the unicorn costume? You're funny without it. I'm like, dude, I wear it because it's cold and I like it and it's Friday. This is my fucking weekend outfit. This is just what I do. I'm wearing this for me, not for any of you. Yeah, but yeah, I just wanted to be clear. Wearing this for me. 
It's fantastic. Um, okay, make some noise if you have a smartphone. Or, no, no, an iPhone, an iPhone specifically. Oh, really? Okay, well, I'm gonna educate you guys about the iPhone a little bit. I don't know, maybe other phones do this too. So whenever I type in OMW, it autocorrects to on my way, exclamation point. Why is my phone trying to make me sound like a thirsty bitch? Like, you know, OMW is like, you know, yeah, I'll be there, but you know, I'll be there when I'm there, you know, but like, on my way, like, come on, I don't need any more help. Sounding like a thirsty bitch, I mean. So my name is Hunter, it's nice to meet y'all. Um, I live in Oakland, but I'm originally from uh, Louisiana. Ooh. <laughs> it's okay, I'll, I, I understand your reaction. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I'd say that the biggest impact that it had on my life growing up in Louisiana is that up until about the age of 11, I did not know there was a T in my name. <laughs> she gets that, some of y'all seem kind of confused. It's kind of like, hey Hunter. Or like, Hunter, Hunter, come on down, bro, to get in the car, because you're going to hear a bunch of crawfish, bullshit, they're all going to be guns. Does that even sound like language to y'all, or is that just cognitive dissonance? I was able to um, escape the accent because uh, my mother's a speech pathologist, so I can code switch, as they call it in the, in the trade. <laughs> White people aren't supposed to know about code switching. <laughs> Um, but she was also a hippie, so I, um, I dodged the childhood obesity, so I'm two for two. I'm skinny, thank you, I'm skinnier than a ghost on Mexican ephedrine. I'll give you another example. I've tried my entire life to gain weight. It's not fair, you know, like I weigh 130 pounds, pure muscle, 130, I don't know why that's funny, but <laughs> 130 pounds, pure muscle, and, uh, the most, and I've tried my entire life to gain weight. I have a better luck with my credit score and I do not own a credit card. Um, but one time I was 145. When I was in middle school, I weighed 145 and I felt so proud of that. I felt like that was an achievement. Like I felt like a man. Yeah, then I lost the tapeworm. So I was like, well, I, I, so I can gain weight from a parasite because it has a slower metabolism than I do, to be clear. I was like, come back, I need you. We're a team, together we can break 150, but no. So I've been eating a lot of sushi, trying to get a new one, that doesn't work out either. I'm joking, I'm joking, I'd never weigh 145. So, <laughs> something else I like, something else I like about, uh, I liked about growing up in Louisiana and being named Hunter is, you have a lot of company, it's actually like a really common name. It's like being named like Hussein if you're from Iraq, or like Jaden or Kiefer if you're from California, I don't know what. <laughs> I don't know what California names are, but, uh, <laughs> delayed. Uh, um, but, the, but the thing I liked about it is I was a super unique hunter. Like the other ones weren't anything like me. They're all like huge, excitable dudes, you know, with like pudgy, sweaty faces and beer guts that are dripping out from underneath their camouflage wife beaters and Ford F-150s, you know, with flame decals on the back and a giant Confederate flag billowing in the wind. Woo, keep it flying, like that kind of guy. Whereas I think you'll agree I have kind of a different vibe or persona. I'm more of like like a young, like, you know, handsome, successful, urbane, suave, sophisticated, uh, intelligent, let me finish, <laughs> sexy, handsome, Jeffrey Dahmer kind of vibe. <laughs> But like, not like a murdery kind, like one that had like a good relationship with his mom. 
and like chose weed instead of cannibalism, you know? Cause you, you can't, you can't have both. You have to choose, right? I don't know, but like you think like you could be a serial killer and a stoner, but I think it'd be just a mess, like not worth your time, you know? Like you'd be like in your house talking to your roommates like, bro, have you seen my sex skull? Oh, I think I left it at the bus stop again. Putting sedatives in the wrong drink or uh, what else? Like, oh, what's that smell? Oh, I meant to put that corpse in the pantry. I put it in their freezer. Uh, <clears throat> all kinds of problems. Um, I smoke a lot of weed. You probably guessed that by that um, that tirade about the cannibal stoner. I smoke a lot of weed. I would say I smoke weed at a competitive level. You know, like if there was an Olympic category for weed smoking, I would definitely forget to qualify for that. Um, and uh, but you know, I'm trying to be more healthy. Um, like I also smoke cigarettes, but you know, like I hear that that increases your chance of getting cancer by like 20% or something like that. Something I don't know. So I just tear mine in half because I can live with those odds. That's better, you know. And I, then I can save the other half for splits. That's just good economics. Uh, <laughs> so. Uh, I was uh, I was gonna tell you about some more stuff about like me personally. I got married about two months ago. Yeah, thank you. That was heartwarming. Um, I got married two months ago. You know, it's just like you reach a certain point in your life. You know, like I've been with my girlfriend for like five years, basically. Like we owned a house together and all of that before I left her and married the person we're talking about right now. <laughs> I've been with her for like seven months. I'm impulsive. Um, but no, it was the right decision. She's she's incredible. Like she's so, first of all, just amazing and interesting and like, like a magical like person that doesn't shouldn't exist in reality. Like a comic book person. Uh, she's from Colombia. She's beautiful. She's uh like, and I look like I know what I look like. I look like a combination of like Shaggy and Velma from Scooby Doo. <laughs> like if they if uh, they got together, we all know they did. But welcome. So it took a lot of confidence, you know, to assume she wasn't just in it for a green card. And it turns out she's actually into me for whatever reason, but I'm super into it. And she's like, I'll give you an example. She's so beautiful that uh, every single time I walk out of a bathroom, there's an old white guy showing her pictures of boats. <laughs> He's like, this is a 40 foot schooner. I'm like, get the fuck out of my apartment. <laughs> it's the last time, Dale. She's so beautiful, and this is true. Frequently, whenever people meet her, like people who know me meet her, they walk up to me and say, I have more respect for you now. <laughs> that is 100% real. Like, I'll show you pictures later. Um, but you know, like it was like a really spur, I guess you could say we eloped because we just like did it like that, you know? And then like we planned our, um, what do you call them, a honeymoon? Uh, like the day after the wedding. Like we got on Airbnb the day after the wedding is like, let's see what's available right now. Uh, and it turned out to be a farm in Salinas that grows strawberries and lavender. That's kind of cute, right? Yeah, and that's when we learned that like it really doesn't matter like what, like where you go for your honeymoon, like how much money you spend on it. All that matters is if you bring enough LSD. And, <laughs> and that's... Oh yeah, and the unicorn outfit. And that is what we did. Um, 
I think, um, I mean, there's, I've started to like adapt my behavior a little bit because of uh, getting married, like little things. Like I bought a mattress. Let me explain. I bought a non Craigslist mattress <laughs> from a mattress store, from a mattress salesman. And uh, it was a great experience because, you know, I said, well, what do you recommend? He's like, I think you should get one of these awesome memory foam mattresses. These are the kind that astronauts fuck on in space. I think he said something like that. <laughs> I wasn't really paying attention, but I, I tried to pay attention to the important parts. Like he said that I need to rotate this mattress, not flip, rotate this mattress once every fiscal quarter. I said, once every fiscal quarter? He said, once every fiscal quarter. I said, what? My mattress cares about the stock market? <laughs> that is a smart mattress. Did, was that? Oh, okay. Um, you guys, I really like you guys. You guys seem like a great crowd, so I'm going to like open up a little bit more. I'm going to... Um, leave you with some advice that my father left me when you know I was like seven years old that had a big impact on my life and uh, he looked me in the eyes and he said uh, Hunter he called me Hunter he said Hunter um, I don't want you to make my mistakes uh, but I do need you to so here you take this tank of nitrous and you take these balloons now you remember boy it's one balloon for four dollars four for twelve now get out there have some fun but more importantly show some hustle y'all have a great night Give it up for Bam. Hunter Stare, everyone. Yay. What great life advice from his father. My father gave me some life advice. Uh, you guys might want to use this in your own lives. If you've been doing cocaine for more than 24 hours, uh, you don't eat your boogers. You smoke them. Yeah. Just learn. Learn from your elders, everyone. Learn these important, important lessons. All right, uh, I feel, I'm like, should we roast them? Does anyone feel, are they feeling it? Joe, are you feeling it? All the way from LA, is that where you're from? Connecticut. Connecticut, that's right. This man, I met him last night and he looks like the poor man's Heath Ledger. Like I want to, I want to take like that Batman movie that he died in and make like a porn parody starring your next comedian you'll have really bad joker makeup when he comes up you guys are gonna see he's a spitting image uh put your hands together everybody i'm excited to hear his jokes tonight joe begley yes. hey guys um any introverts in the crowd liars <laughs> All right, um, let's address the elephant in the room first off. I normally don't bring a notebook on stage, but I had to this time because I need to remember not to say the jokes that will end my career because I'll put them on the internet. So we're just doing that. We're getting that out of the way. Um, guys, have you ever said good morning to somebody uh, at the liquor store? Because that's how my day started last Saturday and it did not go too well. Um, guys, like I said, I drink. I like to go out a lot. I go to bars quite a bit. I was at a bar the other day, and I was talking to the bartender. I realized he had an accent. I'm like, where are you from, bro? He's like, I'm from Hungary. I go, oh, cool, man. What part of Hungary are you from? He tells me Budapest. Now, here's the deal. I've actually been to Budapest. It's an amazing place. It's gorgeous. It's a ton of fun. The women are amazing. And I tell him, hey, man, that place is so great. Why would you ever leave a place like that? And he looks me dead in the eyes and goes, famine. I'm like, shit, 
put me right back in my fucking place, huh? But no, I um I got some real problems going on. I recently bought a uh, a used car, and there's a major defect with it. Here's the deal, guys. It's um it's got a Jesus sticker on the back of it. All right, and this is what's going on. I am not Catholic enough by any means to have a Jesus sticker on the back of my car, but I'm also like not not Catholic enough to rip that shit up and throw it in the trash. Y'all fucking feel me? Because here's the deal. I was raised Catholic, and that'll mess you up quite a bit. Does anybody else raise Catholic in the house or Christian or anything? All right, there we go. Yeah, it'll mess you up, right, man, huh? Yeah, it's crazy, dude. Uh, we got a lot of weird traditions in the Catholic Church. We got a ton of them. One of them, guilt, is definitely a Catholic tradition. No laughs on that, really? Yeah, that is one of my finest traditions, dude. Just feeling guilty for my uh, abnormal lifestyle all the time. But um, anyway, we got this one tradition in the Catholic Church. It's called Ash Wednesday. All right, and for those of you that don't know, this is basically the way it works. You walk down the aisle, and the priest looks you dead in the eyes, and he says, remember you are dust, and to dust you shall return. And I'm like, yo, guys, I am uh, I am six years old. <laughs> like, doesn't this seem like just a little bit too much? And he's like, all right, fuck it, whatever. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm actually celebrating tonight. Tonight is uh, my last night of my stay in my nightmare Airbnb. Yeah. <laughs> It's, um, it's fucking terrible. It's been a terrible experience. Um, but here's the deal guys is like, it's a terrible Airbnb, but this is what happens. I've looked at the reviews of this place and whenever anyone writes a negative review, they clap back at this person and just like basically torch them. They call them racist. They say anything they can get on the person and tear them apart. And I can't handle that like at all. So I've come up with a scheme. Okay. These people are from India and their second language is English. Now I actually speak Chinese, right? This has nothing to do with it. I do. I speak Chinese. And here's the deal. When you're learning another language, there's one thing that you really can't do. You can get it down, but one thing that you can't pick up on is sarcasm. <laughs> I'm serious. It's almost impossible. Because like everything, you're trying to process it. You know, When you're processing it, there's no point in your mind, or your mind doesn't have room to say, okay, maybe this person's fucking with me, right? So this is what I've done. I have written an entirely sarcastically positive review of my stay at this place. Would you guys like to hear it? Yeah. Okay, so basically, here's the deal. Um, first of all, I need to stop saying here's the deal so much because I've just counted this like five times in a row, but whatever. Um, it's, a, it's an Indian family of three, and it's a three-bedroom apartment. They have consolidated into one master bedroom and rented out the other two rooms. Yeah, it's a disaster. So, here's my review. What a place. Yoga's family was nice enough to consolidate their three-person family into one master bedroom this gave us the wonderful opportunity to rent out the other two bedrooms. If I ever needed anything, I could ask his wife. She did everything from watching TV to exercising to cooking in the common area. She was constantly there, so it was easy to track her down if I needed help. <laughs> At this place, I had absolutely no need for an alarm clock. The early morning hustle and bustle of this place had me up and out of bed at 7 a.m. every day. This place was extremely secure. There was an alarm system that announced to the entire home when any door was being opened or closed. His wife also made sure to remind me multiple times a day to lock the front door, even if we were all home. So it was very safe and secure. Yeah, it was a disaster. Um, but I made it out. I made it out. And honestly, I, it, it's been a test for me. This isn't necessarily a joke, but like it has forced me to just like live a great 
life outside of my house because it's absolutely torture to be in an apartment so I've been doing comedy like literally seven nights a week and I've been working out more than I've ever worked out so you know some good came out of the bad yeah I feel great so I don't know yeah give it up for that I guess Woo, yeah good out of the bad but here's the deal guys I I've stayed in other places that were like just as bad I like we said I recently moved out here from Connecticut and on the way out here I stayed in a lot of motels this is the thing about motels. When you're staying in a motel driving cross country, you don't think you need to check the reviews of the motel. <laughs> but you do. You absolutely do. Because five stars on Yelp for a motel means you're going to get more than you'd expect. It's almost like a hotel, but you're paying 50 bucks for it. It's great. Four stars, a little bit more than you'd expect. Three stars, it's a motel. You know? Two stars, dirty. One stars is like, I want to sleep between a meth lab and a gangbang. Correction, I want to not sleep between a meth lab and a gangbang and maybe join in depending on how the night goes. Uh, guys, I've been thinking a lot about shit that's going on in this country and one of the things that I've noticed is this trend of really old guys dating young chicks. Have you guys noticed this? Yeah. All right, snaps. Okay, cool. I've never gotten snaps before. All right. Word. I'm like a trendy poet, bro. <laughs> yeah, this is great. No, but um, here's the thing. I've noticed guys like 50, 60, 70-year-olds hooking up with 18-year-old chicks. And, you know, whatever. Do what you want to do. But to me, if you do that, you're saying the same thing as somebody paying the minimum wage. If I could go lower, I'd fucking do it. <laughs> You know, the minimum wage may be $15 an hour, but you bet your ass if I could pay you $6.75, you'd be getting that shit. No, it's despicable. But um, speaking of old guys, uh, my dad's a really nice person. No, my, my dad, he's a good guy. I'm not one of those comics that's like, fuck my dad. My dad's cool. Um, he's actually like so nice that he won't get tinted windows because he's unable to do the wave at people in the intersections if he had it. <laughs> But despite my dad being so nice, like, he doesn't think I'm funny. You know, he doesn't think I'm funny at all. I think I've made my dad laugh, like, twice in my entire life. One time was the time I struck out in Little League softball. And the other time was the time I struck out in Little League t-ball. Pretty fucking hard to do. Because there's a T, guys. There's a T involved in that. No, um, there's some miserable people in this country, though. There's a lot of miserable people. I try to stay positive. I really do. But there are some miserable motherfuckers, man. Did you guys know that 200,000 people sign up to go to Mars? <laughs> 200,000 people. Okay, now here's the deal, guys. I have been at the point in my life where I've said, you know what? Fuck it. I'm leaving Suffield. Again, this is the town I'm from. I've said, fuck it. I'm leaving Connecticut. I've even said, you know what? I'm going to leave the States. But at no point in my life have I ever said, you know what? Fuck Earth. <laughs> Just fuck the only suitable environment for life in the known universe. I'm going to die on a sandy rock. Like, I really don't understand that at all. I don't get it. Because here's the deal. I try to stay positive. Fuck, I said here's the deal again. I'm trying to work on my vocal tics. I'm trying to get it down. But uh, anyway, here's the deal. Motherfucker. All right. Motherfucker. We're working it out, though. Yeah. I can do it. I can do it. So... I was driving through Vermont the other day. Yeah, this act is all over the place. I apologize. We had to cut out some of the segues because they would get me fired. Uh, but anyway, here's not the deal. I was driving through Vermont, 
and I stopped in at my favorite store in the world. It's called Nancy's Video and Ammunition. <laughs> and it's a real place. It's amazing. You got to love the stage because it's the only place I've ever walked out of with a shotgun, some shells, and Finding Nemo on DVD. It's fucking amazing. Guys, I'm going to give it back to your host. Is that cool, Pam? All right, let's do it. Have a- Joe Begley, everyone. Yay! I put, I put up your picture on Instagram. I put Heath Le- hashtag Heath Ledger and then hashtag lookalike. So we'll see. Doesn't he look like Heath Ledger? Am I the only one that thinks that? I feel like you look, I feel like you're like the reincarnated ghost soul. Um, it's very scary. No, no. I think I, and I think it was autoerotic asphyxiation. I think it was cooler than that. I thought it was autoerotic asphyxiation. Isn't that the cool way to go? That was David Carradine. I, I know. That's, I, I found out today that Don King is still alive, and my mind is blown. Like I'm like, ah, what's happening? I, I thought he was. I thought he was dead too. Yeah, we were, were he, we were here. Well, no, he did it. He came here tonight and did that joke, and I was like, I, I was like, what? Um, would you close the bathroom door? I haven't cleaned the bathroom in a while. It's kind of stinky. I'm so sorry. People say, what's it like being in charge? And I say, I put my hand in the toilet. That's pretty much what I didn't do this week, so I apologize. It's, it's gross. There used to be a disco light in there, and it was nicer because you couldn't see how dirty it was, but then... One day I saw and I was like, oh my God, I'd just been letting the dark hide so many problems. <laughs> just denial is so nice when it's a bathroom. Uh, no, it's still gross. I'm sorry. I apologize. It's not funny. It's gross. Your um, next comedian, I don't, I, I feel terrible. I feel like I should uh, say something better about, I don't even know who the next comedian is going to be yet. I was going to put up this tall drink of water back there because he's one of my favorite comics and he's so funny and I was like... <laughs> You can save you can save my horrific hosting. You guys, your next comedian, what a gem he is in the community. He's gonna be in this year's Sketchfest and he's like the only person that I'm not super jealous. Like I am jealous of you, but I'm not like mad like I like you. I'm not like, oh fuck that guy. I'm like, I love this guy. Like he works really hard and he totally deserves it. He's a really nice guy. Everybody put your hands together for Paul Conyers. Yay! Now I feel terrible because I've been telling the entire community, fuck Pam Benjamin. This is, <laughs> this is awful. Karma's going to come around and bite me. No, I love Pam. How about a hand for, for Pam Benjamin for hostness every night? She is, she is a gem of, her, uh, of the community herself, old school comic. And uh, I love that. She's a down to earth old school comic. Sometimes you'll meet like veterans and they'll just try to big time you. Have you guys run into that yet? Like I was talking to one guy. Uh, one time and uh, he was like yeah hey in 1982 I was opening for Dana Carvey what were you doing in 1982 I was like first of all I was born in 1986 so (laughs) congratulations on your like super brag I was three years away from being cum but yeah great man that's so cool that's the ditch you want to die on like all right you opened for Dana in 82 and yet here we are at the same pizza place doing the same comedy show and you're going before me? Really, dude? <laughs> like, what are you worried about? Um, this is good. I'm glad to be here. The last uh, last show uh, before December. This is tight, man. Uh, 
Christmas is coming up. What what age did you guys stop believing in Santa? Just shout it out. Five. That's a good one. Jesus, what happened to you? Literally? Yeah, like, I mean, why'd you stop? Oh, that's okay. Well, that's that's practical. All right, that's that's fine. I had a, I, I stopped believing at eight. I had a good reason too, but it was like way less, you know, just way less normal. I my parents took me to the mall to see Santa, as you do, and the Santa Claus, the guy that was playing Santa at the mall, was my soccer coach. Like not. <laughs> And not like a soccer coach from a few years ago. He was my active soccer coach. The guy, he like didn't even take his whistle off. He just threw the Santa suit on. And he was like, what do you want? And, uh, and you know, like I was insulted because I thought everyone in my life thinks I'm an idiot. My parents like, look who it is. It's Santa. And he, and the Santa's like, I've never seen you before. And it's like, really? Like, are we playing this game? Like this guy just called me a faggot on the soccer field like two weeks ago. And we're going to, okay. Oh, hey, Santa, what's up, man? Let's play this game. He was like, oh, so what would you like for Christmas, little boy? I was like, I, I don't know. Can I be goalie on Saturday? <laughs> like, is it, can we do that? <laughs> so stupid. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I also have no idea how much time I'm supposed to do. So you just, you just wave at me when it's time to, when it's time to wrap up. All right, 30 it is. I, I, the, the, um, you know, I stopped believing in Santa. First, I stopped believing in the tooth fairy. I, I was very, like, very in, in succession, like a normal succession. I was like, yeah, you guys are the tooth fairy, right? Okay, and there's no Easter Bunny. And then finally, I got my whole family to finally admit when I was about 10 years old that there was no Santa. And uh, I said, uh, okay, awesome. So, I mean, can we, like, can I just skip ahead three years and you can tell me that there's no God? Because I'd love to just, like, just get to the end of this road. <laughs> And they were like, oh, ha, ha. I was like, it wasn't a joke. Like, I mean, he's less plausible than this guy. This guy drops me presents. I have evidence of this guy's existence. And he told me he's not even fucking real. Like, the Easter Bunny has given me, like, plastic grass and chocolate every year since my birth. This Jesus guy hasn't done a goddamn thing, even though we keep throwing him birthday parties. And <laughs> that was stupid. Um but a fun rant. Uh, this is uh, this is great, man. I, I love coming to Mutiny. It's a fun show. Um, you know, in comedy, uh, you do a lot of weird shows. I I did the weirdest show uh, that I've I've ever done uh, earlier this month. It was actually uh, midterm election night, and uh, I was booked to perform at a victory party for a guy who's running for city council, which is super fun. Except he lost, and so. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they were a barrel of monkeys. <laughs> you know, we were like, hey, guys, you want to do a comedy show? I don't think we're going to drop those balloons anytime soon. So what do you say? Let's have a couple laughs. Uh, it, it's it's very interesting to watch somebody lose a low stakes election like a city council race because, you know, election night, you turn on CNN and they have these breaking news graphics and these, you know, huge panels of experts that are breaking down what went wrong for each candidate, why they didn't get elected. Oh, I think Senator McClaskill took too hard a line on the Kavanaugh nomination and she upset her right of center base. That's why she lost her senator seat. Watch somebody lose 
a city council race in Rohnert Park, California. It's the the analysis is not quite as in depth. Uh, people are just kind of looking around at each other, like maybe we didn't put up enough signs. I don't know. Now, I, I have since found out why the guy was so confident he was going to win that he preemptively threw himself a victory party. So the other people that were running for city council that actually ended up getting elected, they spent about like $5,000 for their campaigns. This guy spent $40,000 and lost? What the fuck? How do you do that? How is that possible? Dude, if you gave me $40,000 to run for city council in Rohnert Park, all I would do is put up one big billboard in the middle of town that says, hey, if I win, $39,000 fajita party on me. Got a good deal on the billboard. How do you fuck that up, dude? Like, well, how do you spend eight times your opponents and get blown out of the water? Like, they, they were, there were four people running. They elected three. He, he was last place. How did you... What does that town know about it? Was this guy on To Catch a Predator? Or is he, like, one of those barbecue Becky people or something? Like, that is some caught jacking off at Togo's level of citywide dislike, isn't it? Like, what do they know about you, sir? And why did you make me come here? Uh, yeah, because we, you know, the numbers were coming in and everyone was like super bummed. And in the comics, we were just kind of hanging out in back like, I mean, are we going to do this? And the guy that's like, the guy that was organizing the show, uh, he was like, hey, you know, I, you know, I don't know if we're going to do this. You know, it doesn't look like it's going to go our way. Uh, and we were like, well, you know, we don't care either way. We're, I mean, we're getting paid. I don't give a shit. And uh, he was like, well, I'll tell you what, I'll go out there. I'll ask people to just, you know, just a, just a show of hands if they want to do the comedy show and i was like i feel like a vote might be a sore subject for them i don't know if we should be doing that but we did and it was a sore subject because i went out there and the first thing i said was like hey guys how's it going Did you vote not enough apparently and um that is how you lose a crowd in five seconds so don't recommend it unless you want to tell that story three weeks later to a much more fun crowd at mutiny radio so the choice is yours. I, dude, city, who, it's city council. Who the fuck cares? I didn't, I didn't even know this, but you can't even quit your job if you get elected to city council. You don't, you just like go to that after work and be a city councilman. I think city councilman has got to be the grown up version of class president. You know what I mean? Like, what change are you really affecting in the world? Okay, you're going to permit this Jamba Juice that was definitely going to get approved anyway. Big fucking deal. Like, who cares? Did anyone run for class president? Did you? Did you win? No. No? How come? Because the other guy made fun of me in front of everybody. Oh. Yeah. Did you have to do like, did you have to um, state your campaign over the morning announcements? We did it live. Oh my gosh. Dude, those were the best. Those are the best because there were always three different kinds of students running for class president, right? There was you, who was probably like the qualified person, like, hey, I got some pretty good ideas. And like, you know, I, I feel like, you know, I think that bus driver has been like jerking off half of the kids and I, we could get rid of him. I think, you know, we could, you know, mix up the lunch menu. But that was like lost because you weren't popular enough because like the next guy that was running for class president was like the wide receiver. He's like, 
What's up, assholes? Hey, hey, it's Tad. Hey, make sure to vote for me. I'll make sure to put, you know, beer in the drinking fountains. And then, like, and then, of course, it's, like, the, the super popular chick that ended up getting elected. And she's like, hey, guys, it's Tensley. And um, I just think it would be so fun if we had an underwater theme at Homecoming. And, like, whoa, elect that bitch. <laughs> So yeah, that was a city council joke that went off the rails. That was fun. Um, yeah, uh, this is a good, this is fun, man. I'm having fun. Uh, also, another first that happened to me in comedy in the last couple months, uh, I, was, uh, I was sexually assaulted on stage. Um, yeah, someone say nice. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> That's where the extra dollar an hour comes from, ladies. Why would you say that? <laughs> like, Jesus, <laughs> it was horrible. Uh, no, I was doing a show at a bar and, and, uh, you know, this guy, I was doing my, I'm in the middle of my set and the guy just kind of walks by and just kind of grabs a handful and just keeps walking. I was, I was, uh, I was offended by the arrogance of it. Like he didn't, he didn't like, Hey, watch what I'm going to do. You guys watch, you guys watching. Yeah. Bah, 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 bah. He just kind of walked by, you know, you ever see like those assholes at Whole Foods with the, in the bulk food bucket, they're just like, they just grab the handful, like, oh, just sampling, I might buy it. It's like, you were never going to buy those chia seeds, you piece of shit. And anyway, so I, I, whatever, I didn't want to derail the whole show. And so I finished the set and afterwards I'm at the bar and he like stumbles up to me, he's shit face drunk. And he's like, he's like, Hey, that was, that was pretty funny. Right. I was like, no, not especially. I wasn't like, I didn't have it written into the act. I wasn't like counting on you to do that. He was like, well, you know, you were, you were talking about your dick. So I thought it was okay. I was like, well, that is some airtight logic. Uh, had a bit about a colonoscopy that I'm not touching near you. Jesus Christ. <laughs> He's like, okay, all right, you're upset. Let me buy you a beer. I was like, you want to grope me and then buy me a drink? You're bad at this. You're doing it. You're doing it backwards. Are you going to open the car door for me when I leave? Like, this is just all all backwards. Now, uh, I, I've told this story before, and people have said like, oh, where did this happen? Was this at like some you know ultra liberal like bar in San Francisco? No, it was not. I do a show at a gay bar in the heart of the Tenderloin every week. Not never an ounce of trouble. This was in Modesto, California. This was this was Trump country. All right, there were red hats everywhere. There wasn't one motherfucker that got to that show that night that didn't arrive on a tractor. All right, and and that's what and that's my point, you know, because sometimes you'll 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 see guys that look like me, frankly, and they're like, oh man, I don't want to go to San Francisco, have a bunch of gay guys grabbing up on me. Hands down. The greatest homosexual threat to straight white males is straight white males. It's not even close. We're cheeky. I'm one of them. I'll admit it. You know, if you give a bunch of guys that look like me a case of Bud Light and throw us in a room, we're going to start playing grab ass. It's in the DNA. There is no stopping us. All right. I don't go, you know, just grabbing penises on stage all willy nilly. I ask for permission first, but I don't know, man, we straight straight white guys you know for for all the repulsion we have towards the male member we are oddly obsessed with it uh i i played college basketball and uh and we would uh we would take these really long road trips to games and this was like in, back in like 2007 so we didn't have smartphones or anything so we had to like you know talk to each other to actually to pass the time and uh 
and we uh, so we would play we would play these like weird like games with each other. You guys ever play like like the hypothetical games with your friends? Like, hey, would you rather do this? Would you rather do that? You know, just weird fucked up stuff with like your close buddies. You know what I mean? So we would do that. Like we would say like, okay, hypothetically, like, sir, like, you, I'm sorry, what was your name? The Tom. That's right. That's yeah. <laughs> Can't believe I I forgot the name in the sold out crowd. Uh, <laughs> Tom, let's say. Let's say I said I would pay your rent for the month. Would you punch your mom in the titty? No? <sighs> Fuck. <laughs> Fucking rookie. So here's why that's a bad move tom i didn't specify terms didn't say how hard you had to hit you know what i mean that's what those are the details you pick up on when you play this game every day with your friends i didn't say it had to be like a tyson first round haymaker right to the right to the nipple you could have just been you know like mayweather in the corner just creating space you know defensive (laughs) defensive jab she can recover from that uh now the reason i was saying that is because uh we're obsessed with penises and the top shelf thing that you can ask a van full of straight white basketball pl- or just straight basketball players uh, is, is would you suck a dick? That is like the top place that you could go if you're just a bunch of jock basketball playing assholes is like, hey, all right, would you would you suck a man's dick uh, to save your mom's life? Would you suck a man's dick for a mansion in Miami? And uh, this is just a lesson I'll pass along to you guys. Uh, I learned it the hard way. If you're the new guy trying to impress your cool, popular teammates, and they ask you the would you suck a dick question, let them finish the question. That's not a road that you want to find yourself down <laughs> by yourself because they're like, all right, Paul, would you suck a man's dick, I guess so, for a billion, wait, what? <laughs> It's like, oh, there was more to that. <laughs> okay, kind of showed all my cards there, didn't I? All right, well, well, we got nine hours till Portland, boys. Anyone want to head to the back of the van, get the college freebie out of the way? I was told we're here to experiment. Yeah, I didn't know there were terms. Yeah, are you kidding me? For a billion dollars? I'd suck a billion dicks for a billion dollars. What are you talking about? Oh, man, you're looking at me weird, sir. I understand it's a dollar a dick, but... Um, yeah, it's smarter to buy in bulk, as we all know. So my throat is a Costco. Uh, weird place to pull back. Uh, I told that joke to my to my black comic friend, and he was like, "Like, well, never mind. This is this is that was just as good a place to end as any." Uh, I have a black comic friend. Let's all leave it at that. All right, thanks, guys, so much. Oh, man. We all have some black comic friends, I think. Our comics can't, but I mean, philosophically, can't comics actually be your friend? Like, can they, can that happen? Can that be real? Uh, your next comedian, you're from LA, right? I am. All the way from LA, guys. She's here to make you laugh. Put your hands together for Sarah Budgen. Woo! 
you so much for having me at the drop of a hat and thank you to my friends for coming by. I'm like a year and some change into comedy. So uh, so in five years, you'll be like, wow, you've gotten a lot better. <laughs> but uh, yeah, thank you guys for having me. Um, I'm a female bro. And by that, I mean my ego will never match my talent. Yeah, it's true. Ignorance is bliss. It is. It really is. Just go through life. Let any insult go right over you. And that's why when a man tries to insult me on a first date by kissing me, I do not let it happen. And I'm men in the audience, straight men, bi men, pansexual men in the audience. Uh, you're probably thinking, kiss on a first date? That's kind of tame. No, it is not. That is an act of sexual predation. When a man tries to put a body part of his onto a body part of mine before he knows that I've owned my car for three years, washed it never. Before he knows that I write emails that are longer than three paragraphs, that's right. Or before he knows that I keep my read receipts on. And I don't always text back immediately. Yeah, you gotta know what you're dealing with. You break it, you buy it. Yeah, so when a man tries to kiss me on a first date, I just roll with the punches. I look at him like a dumb blonde slut, and I say, abortion is a sin, let's do this. And I wait for him to have a mini panic attack, and that look on a man's face when he thinks you're a good Christian girl, oh man, it belongs in a museum, it's glorious, I love it. Um, I wanna talk a little bit about body image issues. I think most people assume that men are the only one, or women are the only ones with body image issues, that is incorrect. And I know because I like my dinners paid for. So I date older men. And the second a man starts to bald, he freaks the fuck out. He'll be like, oh my God, I'm never gonna fuck again. I'm gonna be celibate except for you. And I'll be like, oh baby, except for me? You're only gonna have sex with me for the rest of your life? That bald head looks good on you, looks becoming, makes you look like you've seen death, you know? And no matter what you say, a man still freaks out. But as a woman, body image expert since the age of boobs, society made us this way. We have to be experts, come on, give us a little credit here. Makes me think, if I was a man and I started balding early, how would I deal with it? And I know exactly how I would deal with it. I would just embrace that shit and shave a little heart into the top of my head. Let the ladies know I have a soft spot, you know? Yeah, uh, I'm athletic, I'm athletic. And I think a lot of people assume that jocks are just really, really dumb and really, really big assholes. And that is incorrect. Uh, jocks are just really, really insecure people. Yeah, and I know because in high school, I was big time. I was like, all right, how am I gonna gain respect from people if I don't put on a lot of makeup or learn how to suck a mean dick? And my conclusion was be a really good athlete. And it, it worked for me, you know? And I thought, I'm gonna ride, yeah. I was like, I'm gonna ride that wave all the way into adulthood. And a man will wanna marry me for it. Men will be like, bring that uterus here. Let me put a baby in it. Make sure it comes out a man. Make sure it comes out and brings home Nike contracts and supermodels that are then a part of my legacy. But uh, guys, that hasn't happened. I'm still single. And I'm like, where did I go wrong? And I blame it on my poor life choices. Uh, namely, my life choice to move to Los Angeles, California, where the men are bitches. That's right, the men are all bitches. I'm like, uh, you into sports? You wanna go surfing? You wanna go hiking? They're like, I'm not into sports because I'm not into toxic masculinity. I'm like, oh, okay, all right. So uh, what is it that you are into? And they'll be like, get 
on my level. Get on my level. I'm into chilling. And I'm like, okay, I'm horny. Tell me what that entails. And they'll be like, come over to my bed. I don't have a bedroom. Just have a bed. Come over to my bed. And we will smoke Halloween. And then we'll drink hella whiskey. And then my dick will hella not work. I'm like, that's not going to work for me. I'm a Disney bitch. I want to see the world together. I want to live out a herpes commercial, do a high five on top of a mountain, you know? Maybe go kayaking together, tip it over. See if you'll be the hero, paddle me back to shore. Maybe introduce you to my parents. See if you get in a fist fight with my dad over the proper pronunciation of your mom's a cunt. (laughs) I'm doing stand-up comedy. I don't need him. You can be my man now if you can throw a punch, you know? But uh, nope, none of the men's in Lo- men in Los Angeles, they don't fit up, line up to my parameters of what I want, except I do know how to swipe. I have been on the apps, and the other day I saw a man whose entire bio was I'm into sports, and I was like, there is a God, thank you, I have a soulmate, you've sent him to me. Uh, and I aggressively pursued him, I was like, I'm into you, this is the bar, this is the time, wear a nice shirt, I'll be there. And uh, he was like, all right, you want some of this? Okay. Like, women are not that assertive, apparently. I don't know but uh I side note I want to be able to wear a dress okay men why are you not dressing up on dates I don't get it why you come in in a t-shirt and jeans I have to go shopping I have to text my girlfriends like five photos like which shoes match my dress get it together I want to be a lady and when I do stand-up comedy not necessarily here this is my first time here in Los Angeles there are predators in the streets there are predators in the open mics so much as lipstick Uh uh-uh no so I want an excuse to wear a nice uh, a nice shirt nice dress anyhow so I tell the man I aggressively tell him where we're going and uh, as soon as I finish texting, I cease to be the man in the situation and I turn into the woman and I'm like, all right, I can imagine our grandkids, our wedding, and I know exactly how the first date is going to go down. I'm going to get there. He's athletic. He's going to be like, empty calories, take my beer. Let's go surfing. We'll go surfing. After that, it'll only be noon. So I'll be like, hey, let's go on a hike at the top. We'll uh, have our first couple's photo. We'll do a jump photo on the top of a mountain. Then on the way down, the sun will set. We'll pull out a big fat blunt. I'll smoke it. Then we'll be on the beach. The sun will, or the stars will be out. The moon will be out. Then I will pull out a glow-in-the-dark Nerf football. Throw it to him. If he catches it three times, cannot fumble. I want an athletic man, cannot fumble. If he catches it, boom. Well, fuck right there on the beach. Perfect first date. That's not how it went. That is not how the first date went. I showed up. This man, he was sitting on a bar stool. He was staring at other men playing sports and he was cheering for them. That is not what I want. I do not want a cheerleader. I do not want a man who is a glorified groupie. No, I want a man who can dance because if a man can dance, ladies, you know what that means. He can buy you flowers. Uh, yep. Yeah, yep. Uh, guys, I, I'm poor. I'm just drastic. I don't know how to have transitions. I'm drastically changing the subject. I'm poor. Uh, I get fired a lot from jobs because I have a mouth on me. Uh, it's true. It's true. So I've calculated. I live in a house with 18 people. I don't want to live in the commune. I have to. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's how that situation works out. But don't feel bad for me. Uh, 18 assholes in two bathrooms makes me the expert on things that you would not imagine. Like, for example, I know the proper salutation for when you're taking a shit and you get walked in on. Most people, that door opens, they scream, ah! 
and then the door slams. That's not what an alpha bitch does. Oh, hell no. What you do. Legs are spread, dropping a deuce. Side note, I don't just take shits. Why take shits with your clothes on when you could take it off and live in God's glory naked? So, butt-ass naked, legs are spread, dropping a deuce. That door creaks open. You just get real calm. Lion eyes on the door, a little smirk on your face, and you say, welcome. <laughs> and then they freak the fuck out, because who does that? An alpha bitch. That's who does that. I don't know if I'm going to offend the entire world, but I'm doing this bit. I don't care. I, I don't care. Uh... There's all these losers talking about the Bitcoin. They're like, the Bitcoin, the Bitcoin, the Bitcoin. All right, guys, the most valuable asset in the world today is not some cryptocurrency that will be replaced by another cryptocurrency in like five years. It is not. The most valuable asset in the world today is female friendship. And I know this because when a woman is your friend, you can cry together, you can lift each other up spiritually, and she will not let you leave the house with an outfit that does not match, you know? We really have each other's backs when you have a real female friend. Men, I don't understand your friendships, but we'll get to that. So when I first moved to Los Angeles from here, from uh, San Francisco, um, I was very aggressively pursuing female friendship. I was like, I got your drink, let's go to this party, I got your drink. But I had to learn the hard way, you cannot buy female friendship. You have to earn it, which is why I think a lot of straight women give up on female friendship and become friends with the gays. Female friendship, high bar for fr friendship. Gay men, very low bar. All you have to do to get into that club is uh, answer the following questions. Yes. Do you suck dick? Are you a slut? And will you do drugs with me? Friends! And when you're desperate, you're like, put the pills in my mouth. We're going to brunch. Let's do this. Yes. Yes. Men, I don't understand you sluts. You hang out with each other once and you're friends for life. I'm like, you don't cry together? You didn't earn that friendship? What do you fucking do? I don't understand. Look at this. Look at this. You probably hung out last night and now you're friends for life. Okay, all right. <laughs> You're buying each other food now? Wow. Get a marriage certificate. Uh, but realistically, I don't understand you, and from the outside looking in, it appears to me as though the only thing men need to do to become friends is either like the same basketball team or get cheated on by the same woman. Done. Friends for life. Hate. I swear to... I swear... I mean, love is strong, but hate is kind of stronger. I don't know. <laughs> truly, truly. Um, I'm the kind of person who offends people without meaning to all the fucking time. Because I assume everyone is just as curious as I am um, and overconfident. And let me try and describe how curious and overconfident I am. I am, have the curiosity of a uh, first-time college student doing weed for the first time combined with a mother watching her kindergartner in a play for the first time, which collectively gives me the confidence of a white woman and uh, does not help me out at work. I ask a lot of questions at work. What do I do? I'm a server. Yeah, I'm a saleswoman. That's right. And uh, this man came in, had the cutest dog, so adorable, shit-eating grin. I saw it and I giggled inside. And uh, side note about me, anything that comes into my brain immediately exits through my mouth. No processing, no analysis. Should the world hear what I'm thinking? Nope. Go up to him. I'm like, welcome. Great to have you in today. Why is your dog fat? 
He did not like that, guys. And in that moment, I realized there are two F words in America, one referring to the act of making children and the other referring to when you're too poor to afford therapy, but you can drive straight to the grocery store. Yeah, I don't understand it. We shame it so aggressively. It's like that child walked into a school with a gun, but he has a washboard stomach. Yeah, Uh, that woman threw all her friends under the bus, but I'd bang her. Or uh, that guy's a Stanford swimmer. Wow, but he raped someone. But he's a Stanford swimmer. Come on. I don't get it. Uh, And so I think that when I asked this man, why is your dog fat? What he heard is, are you the responsible party who ruined this animal's life? And uh, his answer to that was, Charlie's not fat. He's muscular. Yeah, I was like, oh, shit, what did I just do? Strangely enough, that man tipped me 20%, which got me to realize it is possible to neg your customers. Yeah. (laughs) Speak too much truth, and they think you're going to have to pay them for it. All right, that has been my time. Thank you. All the way from L.A., Sarah Budgen. Keep Keep clapping for her. Cool last name. Thank you. That was fun. That was super funny. I love it when people from out of town come. First Joe, then Sarah. Uh, we actually, your next comedian, she was in town. She left town. She just was in Vegas for years, and now she's back with us. And you guys are going to love her. Put your hands together, everybody, for Kathy Boudreaux. I'm the only one tall enough for this microphone. <laughs> it's like everybody else has been like, this has been a dance groin. <laughs> This is at the same size as your molestation. <laughs> this is at the same size as your, right? Oh, I just had dreams. <laughs> so uh, you get you two guys uh, related in love? What's going on here? Yeah, you? Yeah, what, him? Yeah. Fuck him, what? To each other? Yeah. Uh, so you had sex? Yeah. I've been married three times, don't. <laughs> three times, I got married when I was 17. Yeah, I wanted to have sex really bad with just one guy for a change. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm from Boston, East Coast boy. Yeah. Fuck yeah, Red Sox, god damn it. Oh my god, who did you fuck there? Boston, we talk like we are so wicked smart when we go to Harvard. <laughs> it's like, fuck Harvard. Oh, you're an Asian girl who says fuck Harvard? Now that just seems wrong. <laughs> that just doesn't seem to work for me. Um, yeah, I'm actually half black, so. There it is. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm half black, so I always get this great thing. Oh, thanks for the warning, because, you know, bumbles bounce. Um, so, so you're engaged to each other. How long have you been together? Two years. Oh, they knew. <laughs> they actually do know each other. <laughs> she swallows, right? Don't get married to somebody who doesn't swallow. <laughs> no. I used to be really skinny. Then I could just, I could swallow. <laughs> so, um, and it's fattening. So, um, bye, Dan. They're escaping. They're escaping. Like you can't see the seven foot two guy leaving as you're talking. Shh, did you get your candy? Okay, okay, good, okay. Does that mean you're alone now? Your bromance is over. How many calluses do you have? Aw. Dude, dude, he's new in town. I'll see you on Tinder in 20, okay. So, 
this is my whole act is to talk to people I don't know. This, and you've been sitting there like evilly grinning at people this whole time. You look like a TV star. Um, that she, that gal that was uh, Claudia, oh, what's her name? You sci-fi geeks would know. No, because it's all, you guys were born after in the 1990s. You don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Those of us who are over 30, <laughs> Pam, we're not over 30, are we? Sure. We forget to shave. Um, <laughs> ever. So, uh, so, yeah, so I was 17 when I got married the first time, and I'm half black, and he is from Louisiana. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, mm, honey, there's nagger on the phone for you. It was my grandfather wishing me happy birthday. It was like, okay, the divorce papers came out really fast. Um, it was like, thanks. Now I know what kind of asshole you are. So, uh, but when you're 17 and you want to have sex all, all the time, but you don't want to do it with just the entire football team, you end up getting married. You do. And then you meet the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Then you get a divorce. <laughs> so that was a fun bus in Lollapalooza for a few months. That was fun. So I've had, I, and I was back in, when I was skinny and cute and like in LA and, you know, you could do people on the street there and, you know, I'm in a film. This is, this is art. I'm having, I'm having, somebody's got a camera. We're good. We're doing art. Now they do it in San Francisco. They can't even do it in San Francisco. The armory's gone. There used to be a sex club out here called the armory, which, what? It's gone. It's still a bar. But it's yeah, the, the building exists. We did not go through a time-space, cons- you know, weird thing with Doctor Who coming down and saying disappear the building. But but, but uh, yeah, it's so, like there's sex clubs out here. There's only like two left. The, the, oh, well, here's your PSA for those listening to Mutiny Radio. There's a lovely club called Twist, which is down by the waterfront. So like they. You're like, what's a fucking threesome? I don't know. That's when I've got an extra hand. I don't know. Um, (laughs) Really, I know these things. Why do I know these things? Again, swallow. So, um, and then, uh, so I was, uh, I started stand-up and I was uh, 17 years old. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) they're like, what do you talk about when you're 17? I talked about getting laid by a guy that was a friend of my dad's. (laughs) That was fun. Um, <laughs> then I married him. No. Uh, so, <laughs> so my second husband, I met here in San Francisco. At, uh, I was teaching at San Francisco State, and he was a student. <laughs> so <laughs> he wanted good grades. Um, <laughs> and he wore leather pants. And I thought, hmm, tight ass for a white boy. Okay. So, <laughs> and he walked by me, and he said, slick. I, so, and he told me he was into uh, music, and he said he liked to take those long, hard objects and put them to his lips and blow. <laughs> I did not know he meant choir boys. <laughs> so, uh, he was a priest. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I got on my knees a lot. What do they do in Catholic? The sit, stand, kneel, sit, stand. It's like exercise. That's why I could never do a Catholic thing. <laughs> if I'm going to sit, stand, kneel, it's going to be in front of the Chili Peppers again. Um, <laughs> hi, Flea. Um, <laughs> the socks. The, it's it's bad. It's like dental floss. Um, so uh, so I married him, and it was weird because um, we got married in Reno in one of those drive-through uh, wedding chapel things. It was like you get married. And then you can sleep with the priest on the way out, which was kind of fine. Um, and Elvis sang to us, and ooh, is it a good text? Are you tendering? No, it's okay. No, it's okay. Like, if your text... Okay, because you are looking up Twist, aren't you? Son of a bitch. And there's another club in Sacramento. I'll tell you about that later. So <laughs> if you're like me, and some of us are, um, 
you're already wearing your condoms. Um, <laughs> I've got an inverted strap on on right now. Uh, energizer. So, uh, <laughs> bunny. So, uh, the third time I got married, I was I was uh, in in last. First of all, I should realize I'm probably the gateway drug to lesbianism. Because I mean, look at me. <laughs> this is not the thing that you would think three guys would go. Hey, let's get that. Um, but then they saw that I had this bone disease. Let's check this out. Ooh. Oh yeah. Wait. Ooh. Okay. Ready? Ready? Yeah. No carve. <laughs> so guess what positions I get stuck in? <laughs> Free babysitting when I was a kid, though. Mom. <laughs> My jaw dislocates like that too. <laughs> yeah, that's why I got the chili peppers. Um, so <laughs> so uh, for those who don't know, the chili peppers were banned before you were born. Um, <laughs> they're kind of like, I guess to us, it would be like, you know, Bill Haley and the Comets talking about, <laughs> you know, these kids, don't, you don't even know who Bill Haley is? No, I'm not that much older than you. Stop. <laughs> uh, Buddy Holly? Okay, there we go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there. Thought I was on the wrong planet for a second. Oh, back to Mars. Um, so uh, so I, I met this guy, and you saw him at Bones? Special Olympics. <laughs> Give me a hug. Wedding ring. Um, and uh, I discovered that he was a bottom. Yeah. For those who don't know what a bottom means, which I'm sure Melthy over here from LA does. <laughs> a bottom's a guy who lets you do everything, pegging all the way up. Well, that was great, but I also <laughs> forgot he didn't have a dick. So um, that didn't last. But uh, I've decided that that uh, I'm never going to do the love thing again because it's really weird because you got a whole bunch of firsts. He's like, wait. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> sure. They always say they're never going to fall. I got a Tinder profile. I know because um, I like getting banged, not because, okay. So, but, but, but love is so weird. It's so fucked up. You get the first, the first kiss. You take one part of your body and you put it into another person's body and you spit on them. <laughs> Kisses are weird, right? So, so, so I was thinking about that. So what do I, what do, I do uh, if I want, I want somebody to pay attention to who I am? Well, Blowjobs always work, but, and you're sitting there going, no, no, fat old lady going to do a blowjob on me, that would scare me. I would, it's not fat, it's leverage. <laughs> he's just had a really dream. Um, what are you dreaming about? Look at him, he's got that look like, I know what she's thinking. <laughs> he's like, if she tried it, I'd probably hurt you. I probably would. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if you're bottom around me, yeah, yeah. I, I would probably hurt you. I don't know anything about that. <laughs> um, so I've decided that I'm never going to fall in love. I'm done getting married because the divorces, you know, are very expensive. Because when you're a comedian, you know, you end up paying alimony. <laughs> I wish I was joking. <laughs> uh, but I had a show in Vegas for 12 years, so I ended up paying alimony to my ex-husband. Oh, yeah, no shit. <laughs> so then the, the judge says, oh, wait, he, you, you can work to him. So he's a hooker now um, in Vegas, <laughs> which is good because, you know, and you're adorable. I, I don't I don't stop you from texting. I hope I didn't mean to stop you from texting, but I'll give you the sex club addresses later. OK, OK. <laughs> Some kids go when they sit and spin. All right. <laughs> 
Thank you, Pam, for letting me come out and play. All right, we have two comics left here at Pam Dance's Comedy Clubhouse. That was Kathy Boudreaux. Woo! I was married. I was married, too. I'm back. We'll give clap, clap again. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, my, during my first marriage, I got, I got my first STD. Yeah. Yeah, it was sex, sexually transmitted debt. So that, that is STD. Really, that really happens. All right, you guys want a Rosham for it? It's you and Tracy. Do you want to? Do you want to be polite? You got. You can Rosham. We can do. You can do. Think. Who's feeling it? He'll go. He'll go. Hey, everybody! Your next comedian. Yeah, he's frail. He has a very, very feather-like bone structure, bird-like bone structure. Uh, he's gonna flap his way into your hearts right now. Put your hands together for Ian Levy. Oh, that's very nice. It's nice. It's nice to be here. Uh, I don't, Pam. I don't know if you ever actually booked me on this show. You just, you, you just added me in the group message. You were like, "Hey, you're booked." I'm like, "Okay, I guess I uh, now now I'm here." So that's cool. But uh, I think technically, if you guys want to take a smoke break, I don't think this counts as part of the show right now. So you could, I won't blame you. I, I had a weird thing happen. I was actually walking to mutiny when this happened. The other day, I was walking down the street, um, and a woman was walking towards me, and she had a dog with her. Uh, and the dog started to approach me, and I started to say hello to the dog, but the woman thought I was talking to her, uh, but I was using my dog voice. <laughs> where I went, oh, hello. And the woman went, hello? <laughs> I just panicked and went, goodbye, and walked away. I didn't know what to do. I, what do you do with that situation? It was incredibly, she should have known. That voice isn't a human voice. That's a that's a dog voice. We use that voice for dogs and very nice cats. That's that is the end of list. All other cats get the kissing. I don't know why cats get the... Am I alone in the... Am I the only one? I feel like this is a universal cat. Every time I see a cat, I'm in my backyard going like... I do this with my hand too. I don't know why this. I've never seen a cat call another cat by going like. <laughs> but that's every every time I try to communicate with a cat, I'm just. I don't. I don't even know why is. I. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I. I went on a date recently. Um, oh yeah. And I. I really liked her. I guess she didn't feel the same way because she stopped returning my text messages. I told a friend about this, and my friend was like, "Hey, went on the brain sign. You can write." a fun little comedy bit about being ghosted. Yeah. And I thought about that. I was like, you know, I I would rather have a girlfriend. <laughs> was, it's not quite the same as true love or an anecdote. Was, <laughs> so what I've done there is I've, I've taken a bit about preferring to have a girlfriend to a joke and I've turned it into a joke. And you and you all laughed. Which which I hope it brought you joy, but I just want you to know for the bottom of my heart, I'd still rather have the girlfriend. Even if I could take back the joy I gave you and give it to myself, I value my joy more than yours. <laughs> you're nothing to me. No, I don't. No, you're very nice for being here. I'm joking. This is a weird tangent. I regret saying it. <laughs> we could just pretend I never did. I think we'd all feel a lot more comfortable. 
it's I, I don't know i'm in a weird th- this is true like as you could probably tell from my stage presence i'm i'm uh, pretty masculine um I'm, i don't know why you're laughing at that is, i'm pretty intensely masculine i don't want to intimidate you sir but it happens a lot of guys get nervous when i'm on stage because of my raw masculine energy my, Okay, I hate to break it to you guys, but uh, I was joking about that. Is, people usually don't find me very masculine at all, actually. It's to the point where I was talking to a friend about uh, our, our first line on like like dating apps. And my the, this is true. The most effective line I've ever had on a dating app is sending uh, people just uh, the phrase, uh, I'm a sad little man. And my friend was like, oh, that's a good joke. And I was like, I wasn't joking. That's just me being honest. Like, that's me just trying to connect with someone. And he's like, no, man, you got to, you got to like man up. Women respect like masculinity. You got to go up to a woman and be like, hey, I'm a man. Okay. So I tried it recently. I like walked up to a woman in a bar like, hey, I'm a man. Okay. And it's just, she just started laughing. I don't, I was like, you will respect me. I'm a man. Okay. You will do what I say. I'm a man. And it's just didn't work at all i don't know what i'm doing wrong i gotta get the hang of that is oh man is dumb is 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 silly i talk about um i i i was thinking about this recently does anyone know uh the significance of may 4th what what national holiday may 4th is well oh, outside of that actually uh, it's also well it's the fir- the first saturday of may i should have said because it's not always the fourth it is, oh well very good it's free comic book day which is which is very uh important to me is <laughs> yeah well no it's good i wake like i feel like i don't really follow any sports or anything but i the closest i ever feel to like what probably you know guys feel when like it's the super bowl is on free comic book day i wake up, i'm like woo! you know like let's do this and I once had, I live over in the, in the sunset and there's a comic book store right uh, by my house. And about two years ago, I woke up on, uh, on May 4th and, and I walked down to my comic book store and I got my free comics, right? And they limit you. So you can only, they, they cause it's this like a uh, promotion that comic book companies do. So they limit you. So you can only take like three comic books per person because there's a whole, there's like 20 different comic books you can choose from. Uh, but and they limit you so there's like enough for like children essentially and i was and i was like no fuck that i want more free comic books so in my insatiable lust for getting comic books uh, i went around the corner after getting my three to where my friend was working we worked together at the same cafe and i said hey eric uh, if you take a 15-minute break right now, I will cover for you if you go get me some more free comic books. And he said, sure, okay. And he went and did that. And then he came back, and he looked kind of like pale in the face. I was like, what happened? Did you get comic books? He's like, yeah, I got your comic books. I was like, but what happened? He said, "You." so I walk in there, and then a limousine pulls up, and Stanley gets out of the limousine. And takes pictures, and I met him and shook his hand, and then he left. And I would have, if not for my insatiable lust for comic books, I would have met Stan Lee. <laughs> now that I'm saying that on stage, I realize that story doesn't really have an ending other than that. But that's a weird, I've taken it a weird direction. I don't know where to go from there. I thought about that story the other day. I was like, oh, I should tell that story. And I shouldn't have. No, it was... <laughs> I, I, I regret it fully. Uh, this is a terrible idea. It doesn't have... I, I'd fuck up a lot when I... I 
I like comedy. I think comedy means a lot to me. I remember the first... Does anyone ever remember, like, the first joke they experienced? Yeah? Yeah. Do you know what it is, like... Oh, well, I remember the, one of the first jokes I... I, I it was not the first joke I ever had, but I remember a joke I read in a book and I told other people. Okay. No, that's cool. That's, yeah. It's, I, it's probably my first memory is hearing a joke of my mom used to... She... I was using, like, a training potty at the time. Uh, I was 24. And no, this is dumb. It's a terrible joke. But no, no. I, my mom, we used to have this little training potty. And if you used it correctly, you'd get a reward. And I remember I used it. And I went and I saw my mom. I said, oh, mom, I just used the training potty. And she's like, oh, would you like a piece of candy? And I said, no. And she said, oh, would you like me to read you a story? I said, no. And then my dad said, would you like me to lock your sister in the garage? Uh, and I said, yes. I did. And my dad did it. He picked my sister up, put her in the garage, and said, I'm sorry, Hannah, you're out of the family, and closed the door and locked it. <laughs> and so my first, my not only my first memory, but my first memory of having like fond, like a connection towards my father was traumatizing my sister, which makes it even better. It really did trauma. She had like a, a light bright that she couldn't use for years because she was scared of the dark because of that, which... Which is terrible, but it makes it more funny for me in hindsight. Like, I feel bad that she spent all the money on a light bright, but it was a fun toy. <laughs> but I, I always try to use comedy to connect. With, I, has anyone here ever met any of their heroes? Yeah. Who did you meet? Eddie Vedder? I don't even know who that is. But, uh, no. Neil oh, Neil Gaiman's a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, that's a very good one. So I... I got to meet uh, Lemony Snicket, if you guys know. It's no, what? That's not funny. He's a cool dude. That's uh, you, you know, He wrote the series of Unfortunate Events, if you don't know. And uh, he was due to book signing. And I went with a friend um, to go meet Lemony Snicket. And I absolutely, I grew up, I read all his books. I absolutely loved him. Uh, and we get to this event. And it's technically, he's released a new book for children. So the event is for children. But there's about like eight kids there who just don't care at all. They're like playing in the corner. And then there's like 40 people my age. who are like, huh? 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 Like you just want to meet Lemony Snicket. And I get up to him and I want to, I want to like connect with him, right? Like I want to share the, this moment we've had. Uh, so I want to like show my sense of humor. So I asked him to sign my copy of uh, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Uh, which I thought was real funny. Uh, he did not. He did not. He, he went like a, like he did that. And his wife, who was sitting next to him, said, oh, man, you used to hate it when people would do this to you. So which means not only does he not like my attempt at humor, but I'm not even a rich. I'm a hack in my own <laughs> dumb bit. I'm a fucking moron. But he signed it anyways, and I moved on. And then my friend who was with me, uh walks up to let me stick it and said hey i just wanted to know uh my mom passed away but she used to read me your stories all the time and i you know i really appreciate it and then let me stick it got very serious and he like looked him in the eye and said hey thank you for sharing that 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 means a lot that you told me that and so my friend had the moment of connection with lemony snicket that i wanted so afterwards my friend came up to me uh i just said man you are so lucky that your mom is dead Right, because I have nothing up there, right? I just have a dumb, alive mom and a signed copy of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. I still have it, too. 
It was pretty cool. He scratched out a uh, uh, chamber or the uh, the secrets and just wrote his name. So it just says Harry Potter and the Chamber of uh, Lemony Snicket. So. <laughs> That's cool. Another, man, I'm really killing it with these stories that just kind of peter out and don't go anywhere. You think I should, I should probably do jokes instead of just have these meandering tales of, let me tell you the tale of Don Quixote next, or I don't I don't know what we're doing up here. So there's these windmills right now. I don't know. <laughs> I've always meant to read Don Quixote and I've never done it. I, I'm trying to get better at comedy. I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to focus, I'm trying, you know, do, do my diligence. Do, do, do diligence? Is due diligence? Is it do? Wait, is due diligence? Is due due diligence? Or is it wait due diligence? I can't hear you. Wait, dual dil diligence? Dil diligence. Is it dual? Is it dual diligence or dil diligence? Dual what? I'm asking your help. I don't know why you guys are you guys are just bullies right now. Dill diligence, dual diligence. It's like dual with pistols, like a dual, dual d d u l e, like Yu-Gi-Oh, like a dual diligence, like a dual of the fates, dual, dual, dual. You're saying I can't hear you. You're dual, dual. I don't I don't know what I'm doing. Now I'm just being a dick. <laughs> That's, that's, that's fun for me. Um, oh, gosh. I don't even know where we where we go from here. Oh, let's not go back there. That was about it. I should have never talked about that. Um, yeah, I, uh, oh, I, I, I uh, wrote a joke recently, and then I uh, forgot it. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll just give up. the. Uh, yeah, Tracy, it's your turn. Okay, that's my Ian Levy, meandering stories, petering into nowhere. Yay! The first joke I ever remember was my dad told me a joke, and it was about a pig with a wooden leg, and it went on and on and on, and the whole thing was that you just kept doing the story, but the punchline was, why does the pig have a wooden leg? Well, you wouldn't want to eat them all at once. That was the, that was, it was the, yeah, it was my, that was the, the joke that my I, I was like that's how I learned how to do comedy thanks dad and now he sends me Republican memes which I find much more hilarious your next comedian she's so funny and uh, she's our last comedian of the night she runs a great open mic up at uh, the Mission Hill Saloon on Mariposa and Petrero on Monday nights you should check it out and you get to check her out right here she's awesome put your hands together for Tracy Wynn Keep it going for Pam. Um, I had a question for you. Okay. Do you know Roseanne Barr? Yeah. Personally. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> I'm sorry, you guys. I believe her when she said she didn't mean to be racist. <laughs> like, I believe her when she said she was on uh, what was what drug was that? Ambien. Ambien, dude. I believe her, man. And also, she had a head injury. She had a fucking head injury, dude. You can, I mean, come on, man. Cut her, cut her a break. Oh, I don't, I don't want to be like a Roseanne Barr, you know, apologist up here, like off the bat or anything. But um, I do. I, I like her. Ah, oh, fuck. This is recorded. <laughs> Yo, is this recorded? No, just kidding. Um, 
You guys, I'm a little bit shook right now because I was working the door at another club. That's why I was late. Sorry, Pam. Uh, and um, they gave me this gig because they think I'm still in college and I need the money, uh, but I don't. Uh, I just love comedy. Uh, I lo absolutely love it. Um, anyway, <sighs> I see my ex-boyfriend from when I was 21 years old. And I w I'm 31. <laughs> Fuck, I'm 31, yeah. I see my boyfriend from when I'm 21 years old. Just now, this has just happened. I am so fucking shook, you guys. I feel feelings I've never, didn't realize I still had in me. And I'm in a long-term committed relationship of four years, okay? So, oh, god damn it. We're gonna have to talk about this. But anyway, I am not deluded, okay? I realize when you're 21, your ability to fantasize off the charts, okay? I know that that feeling is connected to that fantasy. It's not real. Um, that's why I think you shouldn't give up on love. I think you should just fucking, I think you should just take Molly and get over it, you know? Just do it, you guys. There are PTSD um, studies out there. Uh, I just got an email for one. I can forward it to everybody if they want to join my email list. Um, I will, I'm looking out for you guys, okay? Oh, God. Anyway, we talked, we caught up. You know, I asked him about his grandma, and um, that was it. I'm not gonna, you know, he's got a girlfriend too. She's, they're in a long distance relationship, like we were, uh, which is weird. But, um, you know, they're gonna stay together, and I'm not gonna engage. I'm not gonna text him or anything. <laughs> I'm not, dude, I'm not texting him. I'm not texting him at all, whatever, dude. Oh, God, 21. Oh, wow. Uh, I lost my virginity as a freshman in college at the ripe age of 19. You know, kids are losing their virginities later and later now. So, um, mm -hmm, no one's fucking anymore. Yeah. Um, but that, I know, it's super sad. I'm super sad, dude. Okay, here's why it's sad. I'll tell you why. I paid, okay, let me just set the scene. I heard this from another gross comic. He was like, hey, for $120, you can have sex with a prostitute for half an hour. And I'm thinking in my head, wait a second, I just paid $135 for body work that lasted an hour and a half. Like that's still cheaper than that, right? <laughs> People need love, is what I'm saying. People need love. They need that skin-to-skin -skin conduction, you know what I mean? <laughs> they need that. <sighs> don't give up. I don't know why I'm looking directly at you. <laughs> and honestly, Ian is a freaking, it's full of crap, actually, because I saw him pick up a woman at a karaoke bar. <laughs> Just like... <laughs> three nights ago and she had a boyfriend but she still gave him her number what well, 
Well, she said we could be friends, so she wasn't, we're, 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 and she never texted me, so. No. She's, okay, well, I guess uh, people, uh, uh. yeah, okay. Okay, you're okay. Got it. Lonely, lonely bachelor comedian. Yeah, definitely, definitely work that archetype, you know. Um, honestly, I wish um, that in my youth I had cultivated a zaddy relationship. Do you guys know what a zaddy is? It's a daddy. It's a daddy. Okay. It's just, I just pronounced it zaddy because it's funny, <laughs> but it's a daddy. And, um, a daddy basically pays your way through law school or like, yeah, right. <sighs> and, um, I can't do that now, you know? Uh, but, uh, I mean, I could do that now. If I found some guy in Singapore and just sent him a bunch of stock photography of an Asian chick, yeah, I could totally do that now still. But like actually like interacting with him. And I don't, honestly, I don't swallow now. I know. <laughs> I'm working on my relationship. I'm working on intimacy in my relationship. It's really hard. It's really hard. Because I'm fucking tired, man. <laughs> all, all the women in this room, you, you have PTSD from relationships, right? You don't have PTSD from a one night stand, no. You have PTSD from like freaking, uh, I, don't, I don't know, popping pimples on a guy's back or something. and <laughs> Just terrible stuff like that. Oh, I hope you guys make it, man. I can see that you, you're going to make it. Hell yeah, dude. You've been on th four cycles now of uh, MDMA. I got it. I got it. Yeah. Any, anybody looking to get into relationship, make sure you get lots of Molly therapy before you get into that relationship. You want to be as open as possible. You don't want to come with baggage. You don't want to come with, you know, like everyone's sad and every sad person's dating another sad person. And they're just making, it's just like terrible. That's why people don't stay together. <sighs> Sorry, I got hot saying that. <sighs> uh, these aren't, these aren't jokes. Um, I grew up in the Bay Area. I uh, grew up Catholic. Sorry. It's okay, actually. I am. Uh, I'm. Th I think I'm. I think I'm going back into religion, possibly. I. I. Well, I believe in weed for everybody. That's like a religion, right? I believe in the unifying force of this drug that we all take together. Um, uh, but also, I mean, oh, fucking, I believe in forgiving people. I don't know. There's some, there's some good stuff in there, you guys. Let's not forget the good stuff. Compassion, uh, freaking community, belonging, like all that. This is what this is. This is basically a church. You're, but I mean, I don't know if you're worshiping me. Like you haven't given me any <laughs> gifts yet. 
you haven't fucking given me gifts or gone down on me yet, so you're not worshiping me. Just kidding. Um, I don't know how. I'm, this has been meandering for me as well. I feel like everyone up here tonight has meandered a little bit. It's just that kind of crowd, you know? And like the light's super bright, so you can't really see anybody, but they're like very close. Um, how many more minutes do I have, Pam? Do you guys mind if I do a song for you right now? You wanna end it with a song? It's not even my song, okay? But um, it's, uh, my brother's becoming an EMT. I'm getting gum surgery soon, so I'm gonna be the youth face of gum disease. I'm gonna be a gum disease influencer. I'm just feeling really grateful uh, for my life, for the fact that I can keep my molars, you know, like finally taking care of my fucking teeth after 31 years. So um, this song is uh, because I feel a lot of gratitude. I've spent all my life on a search to find the love, the synth for eternity, the heaven sent to fulfill my needs. But then I turned around again. Love has knocked me down. Huh? Um, okay, uh, that was, that was it. That, I know that wasn't three minutes. Okay, no, no, I'll continue, I'll continue. <laughs> Usually what happens is um, I have my phone and I have my ear, I have things playing in my ear and I'm basically like lip syncing the song. I didn't do that today because so, I was uh, unprepared, but... Um, <laughs> How did you get here? Nobody's supposed to be here. You came along and changed my life. My heart said, no, no. No, nobody's supposed to be here. Um, again, deeply apologize for not knowing the words to the song, and um, and uh, and you know what? Fuck Harvard for sure. I would never have gotten in there. Uh, my heart says no, no, no. No one is supposed to be here. No one is supposed to be here. And you came along and changed mine. And this time I swear I'm through. But if only you knew how many times I've said those words, then fall again. When will I ever learn? 
knowing these tears I've cried. This lovely black butterfly must take a chance and spread my wings. Oh, love can make you do some crazy things. Okay, um, I think that was it. Thank you so much. faster that was hilarious i had to wipe tears away from my face tracy win winning you know uh tonight uh down the street there's punk rock and schlock karaoke at bender's bar and grill on 806 south venice they are one of the sponsors for the mutiny radio comedy festival 2019 but you should go down and you should sing the i you are you have a beautiful voice clap your hands for tracy win funny lady that was amazing i feel like you need to be on star search i feel like <laughs> Together, I know Star Search is really old, but I'd give you four stars. I'd be Ed McMahon is dead, but his ghost is gonna come back just to watch you perform. It's good stuff. That was great. Thank you for being here. Real people, real people, real people, not comics. I love you for being here. All the way from Connecticut, Joe Begley, all the way from LA, Sarah Budgen, all the people from San Francisco. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you, Tracy. Thank you, Ian Levy. We, uh, Paul Conyers disappeared. That's okay. And uh, Hunter Stare. But thank you guys all for being here. And I really appreciate it. Without you, this would just be schizophrenia. Um, <laughs> thank you. Have a good night. Turn around and uh, David Zunzu Kirscher running the ones and twos. Clap it up for him and uh, say, Yay, us. Yay, us. Yay. All right, everybody, have a good night. Yay.
now for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2019. Applications open until November 30th for 25 shows in five days. 40 comics chosen March 1st through 5th. 2019 for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. It's our fourth annual, and we hope you apply from whatever part of the nation or international comedy scene you come from. Apply now through November 30th. Go to our website, www.mutinyradio.fm, for more details. Aloha, mutineers. Stolowitz here. People ask me, Dave, why do you spend so much time listening to mutinyradio.fm? Well, the answer's simple to me. It's the love I find here. We've got so many great programs here. There's something for everybody, surely. Well, maybe not the Hitler crew, but you know everyone else. Let me tell you about some of my favorite shows here at Mutiny you may not have heard about. Labor and Love with Bill Morgan is every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 noon. Bill is passionate about labor, jazz, and solidarity, and he tells you how it is. No BS. If somebody gets a dollar they didn't work for, someone else worked for a dollar they didn't get. I always learn a lot from Labor and Love. It's educational and inspirational. The Common Thread Collective is every Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. with legendary octogenarian Haight-Ashbury activist Diamond Dave. With help from his friends, Dave talks news, wisdom, progressive activism, and spirituality. There's also open mic time for music, poetry, and stories. Comics gotta hold off till happy hour, though. Oh, and check out Flat Black Plastic with Scott Walker, Saturdays from noon to 2. The title says it all. Classic vinyl albums with no apologies. Great stuff. You can listen in live to these fine programs on mutinyradio.fm or download the podcast at your convenience on Apple iTunes. What a deal. Authentic, real San Francisco love. That's what keeps our ship afloat. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead peasants? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes. And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship 
as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> For all your space chicken sci-fi comedy non-political humor needs, go to Tim'sTesseract.com. Read fiction about the future of San Francisco after the water wars of 2121 in Jane 6. Ask a Jedi for important life hacks. Eat flesh with the bare exoskeleton Contessa. And check your horror horoscope on Horoscopia. Updated every three parsecs. Timstesseract.com. Timstesseract.com. to Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on mutinyradio.fm for... The 
let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube. We watch the best movies that uh, aren't they good? Well, they're chosen. By uh, here's you. his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch. Oh.